You know, I've said many, many times that I want to get out of the order business and uh, talked a little bit about that today. And yes, I do think it is over to the sector now. It's not me who can order these. It's, it's how we need to get through this new wave together. All right. The very familiar voice of our provincial health officer, Dr. Bonnie Henry, making that statement of wanting to get out of the order business. Certainly that has... Uh, had a lot of reaction, shall we say, and that's where we will start on Baldry's Beat on this uh, Wednesday morning. Glad to have you along. I'm Jody Vanson for Mike Smith. Keith Baldry, Global BC's Legislative Bureau Chief, is with us for Baldry's Beat, of course. Hi, Keith. Hey, Jody. I want to get to this uh, right off the hop because I did get a, a tweet from somebody saying, can you please discuss the getting out of the public orders business comment today? I'm a Dr. Yeah. Bonnie Henry supporter, but this was really troubling. Is it troubling? No, I don't think so. So some background no. here. Um, I remember back in the very beginning of this thing, March 2020, when we were still in the press theater with our briefings and with Dr. Bernie Henry, I asked her, after reviewing for the first time the legislation that sort of creates her office, the power that she had, and I said, you've got a lot of power to impose public health orders. Do you intend to do that? And she said back then, no, I don't want to do that. I don't like uh, public health orders. I think they should be seen as a, a last resort. And sure enough, throughout this pandemic, BC has lagged other jurisdictions such as Alberta and Ontario and Quebec when it comes to restrictions. We've never had the type of health orders and restrictions that you see from time to time in those three provinces, which are comparable to, to uh, BC. And so uh, when she says she wants to get out of the public uh, health order business, it's simply a continuation of her, her view, her philosophy, that they should only be used uh, strategically and as a last resort because she doesn't think they're that effective. If you don't have a lot of buy-in from the public, the public health orders aren't going to be as effective as, as you would like. And that's why she's had a lighter touch when it comes to health orders all along. And now, as she points out, and others have pointed out, we're, at, we're in a different type of pandemic now. Omicron is vastly different than what, what COVID-19 was at the beginning of this, and indeed different than what Delta is. It's spreading far more powerfully and quickly uh, than, than public health orders can contain. So you're going to see the cases continue to surge in Ontario and Quebec, even with a curfew in Quebec, even with indoor dining banned in Ontario, museums and galleries closed and uh, nobody in arenas. It, the Omicron sort of does leapfrogs over all those health orders. And that's why, again, behind Dr. Henry's view is we're in a different type of pandemic now where health orders are not going to be as effective as they were uh, at the beginning. When, so I think it, was, it wasn't was a flippant comment, but it was one that just reflects her view of health orders, which are, they're not, they're not the, the, the magic uh, bullet here. Uh, they're not right. as effective as a lot of people think. And, and people that want a definitive this way or that way, and it'll never evolve. You've said this for more than two years now. It is going to change and evolve and constantly. pivot and develop constantly. Like yeah. nothing is off the table. However, having Dr. Henry, what I hear, and I'm certainly a layperson in this, but I have listened to every briefing and I've talked to you and all the experts on the radio uh, over the course of this entire pandemic. And what I hear when she says, I want to get out of the order business is every business, every um, entity has the ability to put their own mm -hmm. orders and mandates in place. Exactly. You as a business person can do whatever you want. That is Canadian. Yeah, and you know how to do it now. So we spent two years learning about social distancing, learning about yeah. mask wearing, learning about one-way shopping aisles, learning about crowd capacities. Businesses have, been, have, have safety plans. They've had safety plans for, for, for a year and a half now. 
and some of them have put them away as numbers started to dwindle. We don't have, uh, you know, lineups at grocery stores anymore, but we may have to go back to that as Omicron. Yeah. And it's self-survival because stores and retail stores and businesses are going to realize they have to do this because their employees can't come to work if they're sick. And that's the other bit of the equation yesterday. One-third of the workforce, up to one-third of the workforce, can expect to get sick over the next short while from Omicron. So it's in a business's self-interest to protect their interest to employ uh, their safety plans, again, that may have been gathering dust the last few months because we really haven't yeah. had a lot of cases. Now we do. We have an explosion of cases. And we also have an explosion in hospitalizations. I did a report last night. 187 um, hosp- people went into hospital from Friday to yesterday. It's not the wow. 78 that was included in the in the statement. That's a net figure. 187 people went out. When it went um, in, uh, 109 people came out. So the number of people going to hospital has never been higher than right now. And so it's a combination of things right now, but there's really people have to take self-responsibility, I think. Uh, Public health orders and health officials can only take you so far right now when the infection rate is so unbelievably high. You know, you go back to the original serology study from UBC and the Center for Disease Control estimating that the real figure of COVID out there is about seven or eight times the number that's picked up in testing. So if we're picking up, 4,000 cases a day, that means there's you know, 30,000 cases out there that is, uh, that, are, that is the real number, and that's every single day. So uh, Omicron's everywhere, and people have to act yeah. accordingly. And everybody is now in a position where they know somebody who has tested positive and reiterating again that one negative rapid test does not mean you do not have Omicron. That is a, exactly. that is a reality here as well, that people just need to. Every single person that I know, and all of them extremely careful, uh, who have tested positive, took yep. three tests over three days in order to get a positive test. And they were feeling the, the mild symptoms. And then it took that long to test positive. So that's one we want to keep mindful of. I want to also, of course, open up the phone lines here. If you have a question for Keith Baldry, now's your time to get uh, screened into our call center with uh, our producer, Tim French, 604-280-9898. Star 9898 is a free call on your cell. Any questions for Keith, uh, get into it uh, in the next next segment. We'll get there in just a matter of moments here. But before we go there, Keith, I want to talk about absenteeism. I feel like that's really the big, other than protecting our healthcare system, absenteeism in all areas of our society is going to, I, I believe, uh, be a big story moving forward. Yeah, so this is, these aren't people staying home just because they want to stay home. These are people who are sick. And the number of people getting sick is just going to increase almost exponentially. So the one-third reference from Dr. Henry yesterday, I think, probably took many people aback, like, whoa, are you serious? But if you start doing the math, um, if that many people are getting infected with Omicron, again, it's not just the people testing positive because they went and got a test. The vast majority of people who have COVID-19 or Omicron are not getting tested. Uh, They've chosen to either self-diagnose and stay home, hopefully, or they're just not getting tested. Um, we're, we're, our, our maximum test uh, capability for PCR tests is about 21,000 a day. We've only approached that figure twice. Uh, so there's many people with Omicron and, and COVID-19 who aren't getting tested, but they have it, and they have to stay home from work. And, and the number of people who are in that category is just going to increase it's almost like a mathematical certainty, a formula that you, this many people infected is going to infect X number of more people who are going to infect X number of more people, and that all has an impact on the work workplace. And where the concern is, I think two sectors in particular 
are concerning. One is education, where you're going to have teachers get sick and stay home, which means there's going to be uh, school districts scrambling to keep classes operating. But again, the classes will continue to operate. It's from from public health point of view, school districts may take action on their own. The other one, though, is the healthcare system, and that's where it becomes problematic. It's not so much we're going to run out of beds in the healthcare system in terms of overcapacity, which we have done pre-pandemic from time to time. It's whether yeah. or not the staff get sick. If if we get 10 or 20 percent of the nurses or frontline healthcare workers sick in an acute care uh, hospital, that's going to close operating rooms, that's going to cancel surgeries, and that's going to affect healthcare. That's the real concern. Jody Vanson for Mike Smith. It is Baldry's Beat, and the phone lines are open for your calls and questions for Keith Baldry, Global BC's Legislative Bureau Chief. The number to call, of course, 604-280-9898, star 9898 is a free call on your cell. And uh, Keith, phone boards have lit up as they always do. Mark and Seashelt is up first. Welcome, Mark. Oh, hi, Jody. Hi, Keith. Hi, Mark. Uh, you should have your own show, Jody. It's uh, about it's high time. <laughs> Anyhow, oh, a quick great. question. Uh, about two weeks ago, I went out for a walk about 4 p.m., came back, body started aching, um, probably had a bit of a fever, headache, cleared up the next day. Um, other than that, I no sore throat, a few sneezes that ended a couple of days ago. Is there any um, point in getting a test to see if I had COVID-19? Well, if you're not feeling the symptoms right now, I'm not sure what the point would be. And I'm not sure you'd be given one, a PCR test, if you were to go to one of the, the testing sites. They want to see people with symptoms. Um, so I'd say unlikely. Now, Omicron does move very quickly. You know, it can it can move through you quite much quicker than Delta or, you know, the original COVID-19 uh, strain. So it could very well, you maybe you did have it, but if you're not feeling the symptoms right now, um, I don't know what the point of a test is. Having said that, if you do think you, you know, were sick enough to have those types of symptoms, perhaps do isolate for five days. Um, Bonnie Henry has said, you know, if you if you're feeling the symptoms, it's likely you probably do have it, and yeah. take steps accordingly. Which is, you know, um, the isolation or, or self isolation has been dropped to five days away from from seven, and wear a mask when you go outside. And really stay away from the vulnerable people. Err on the side of caution there, right? Because that, that's what we're seeing with the with the transmissibility here. If it if it were me, Mark, I am certainly no medical expert, but from what you said, if I felt that way, I would isolate for five days and certainly stay away from anybody who uh, might be immunocompromised if they for were sure. in my circle in my bubble. Yep. Thanks for the call, Mark. I hope you're well. Let's go to Mary, also on Vancouver Island. Let's uh, head up Island now, Mary. Welcome to the show. Okay, I'll make it brief. Uh, this is a compliment to Keith. Um, I've really appreciated your tone over the uh, pandemic. I find that you uh, kind of dampen people's fears, uh, but are realistic. And I just think you've been so very helpful. And I, that's all I wanted to say. Oh, thanks, Hi, Mary. Mary. I, re- I really yeah. appreciate that. Thank you very much. I have tried to strike a consistent, balanced tone and not sensationalize stuff. And I think, because I do think it's important. I think Dr. Henry mentioned this at one of the very first briefings. Messaging was very important and the tone of, of commentaries and reporting and her messaging was very important as well. Uh, you can feed into hysteria and fears if you really try to sensationalize stuff, which unfortunately some people do. Thanks, Mary. Appreciate it. I appreciate Mary, too, and I appreciate Keith Baldry. You've been a touchstone for so many British Columbians and people across the country, for that matter. You're so on top of the story. Rich in Surrey, you're up next. Welcome, Rich. Yeah, hello. uh, Good morning. So I I just wanted to 
to try and relay a bit of a, a message here. So I, I'm a paramedic. My wife's an ER nurse. And, you know, I, I get it that we need to try and protect the healthcare system. You know, Keith talked about, you know, um, one of the concerns is frontline healthcare sickers, workers getting, getting sick and, and, and that being the problem. One of the things that I wish we could, as a society or as a, the government, could maybe try and get a message to everybody about is, is just the the overuse of the 911 system calling for ambulances, the the overuse of people coming to the ERs. Like I'm not saying people shouldn't come when they need to, right. but I I don't think we we really understand of 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 how people just willy-nilly use these resources and we've got to take responsibility um and and really think do i I, do i need to go in for this do do i need to call an ambulance because you know i i've got an upset tummy uh you know like just it it it, it, it's amazing right like yeah point rich yeah well first of all um thanks rich to you and your wife for what you do that's um, that's very important, and we've had some of your colleagues phone in before. Other paramedics have phoned in, expressing the very same concerns that people are not using nine one one responsibly. Um, now, some people are in a difficult position. People can get confused. We saw this in the heat dome. There was a real increase in ambulance calls, um, yeah. and a lot of them weren't ambulatory. They were, but they were just people sort of worried. But he does raise a good point. That, that problem, which has been an ongoing problem, we we annually do stories on you know the worst nine one one calls. You know, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. people phoning because they can't get a McDonald's burger or something. Oh, um, so it does happen, but, but it becomes a more acute problem if it puts pressure on an already understaffed um, system, which we're headed towards if we have rampant illness amongst health healthcare workers. So, yeah, use use nine one and ERs responsibly. Sneak in a couple more here. We're up against the clock a bit, but let's get to Kelly and Ladner. Welcome, Kelly. Oh, hi there. Um, I just wondered, we're just finding out that these masks that we've all been wearing are not really any good. Um, Why, marketing-wise, aren't there... Why isn't it easier to get a mask that that is appropriate? Like, you have to order them online, or you have to go from store to store to store to try and find them. Um... Because I think we're yeah. 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 So the N95 masks are tough to find, uh, but they are not necessarily what you need. Surgical masks are easier to find, um, but you're right. You might have to go from store to store. And some of the advice is wear your surgical mask and put a cloth mask over top of that. Some people are wearing three masks, um, but it's unlikely and unrealistic to expect everyone to get an N95 mask. That's part of the PPE that really frontline workers are, are the, the priority when it comes to that. But there are, you know, you can find N95 masks, um, but uh, they're they're harder to wear for longer periods of time than surgical masks. For 30 seconds from this email, Robert says, so now it just comes down to the honor system. What's the point of ordering gyms to close? Why are there no enforcement? What kind of message does that send? There are some people that are really frustrated about the enforcement piece, Keith. Well, the enforcement is all, the pattern of enforcement has been you give you give these facilities, whether it's gyms or whether it was restaurants in the beginning, you give them a few days to get used to this, and then the enforcement comes. It doesn't come the day of the order. You will see gyms, and there, there will be enforcement on some of these gyms in Kamloops and in the Okanagan that are defying the orders. Uh, that restaurant in Hope was allowed to stay open for a while, if you recall, Rollies, and then the yeah. order came down and they're closed, and that's what's going to happen to these gyms that defy the orders. 